Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello again, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, your one and only favorite podcast about craft beer and film. My name's Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers, and you best believe this is your favorite, because if there's another podcast that covers this much stuff, <laughs> this specifically, I want to know about it, and I will find them and I will kill them. Sure. I would, I'd listen to their show, and then I would objectively see if they are better than us, and if so, I would step down from the mantle and I would go into isolation in the mountains. But I'm confident that podcast does not exist, so I don't think we have anything to worry about, my friend. Uh, if it does, can I at least request a trial by combat? Absolutely. I will watch You Shall Fight. Deal. Nay, our our most uh, combat-minded patron on Patreon will do the fighting. We will allow them that to fight Ooh. in our honor. That'd be some good bonus content. Which of our patrons would we choose? <laughs> uh, well, hang on, man. Whoa, let me go ahead and stop you right there. What is what is Patreon, Johnny? Uh, Patreon's a way <laughs> that you can be nominated to fight for this podcast <laughs> to the death, and yeah. also you can give us some money every month to help keep this sucker rolling in this time of our great national distress. We really appreciate everyone that's continued their support. Uh, for as little as a dollar an episode, you can uh, give us moolah, and we can keep buying beer and watching movies, and when theaters open, we'll go back to them, and then we will report back, and you can decide if you want to go yourself. Absolutely. It's a fun way. There's fun rewards. We've been doing some cool stuff. Uh, Zoom hangs right now, but there will be regular bar hangs. Once bar hangs become a thing, we can do without getting arrested or dying. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Patreon. It's a way to support us. So you can find us there. You can also find us on all the usual places you would think: Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema, Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod, Letterbox at Max Minardi, and at Johnny Summers. Uh, Patreon, obviously, like we said, and then also freshhopcinema.com. Yeah, that's so strange that that is not in our notes. I don't know where that went. I apologize, but I love that you hit it anyways. Um, There's that production note that no one would ever know was there. I suppose so, man. Uh, But (laughs) now everybody knows we're all on the same page. We're reading notes. Um, Really quickly. We trans. Yeah, we transparent. I wanted to give a shout her. out to our friend Nick Land, who had a birthday uh, a couple of days ago, depending on when you hear this podcast. So, Nick, happy birthday. Uh, I think we probably both talked to you a little bit, but we're bummed we couldn't uh, have a beer with you and give you a big old hug. Also, yeah, dude, uh, congratulations, congratulations on turning like 60. Sure, why not? Uh, He's so old. It is uh, almost Mother's Day, everybody. So, if you have a mother out there, happy birthday. If, you've, if you know somebody with the mother, if anybody, has a mother anywhere, give them a little text or a digital hug. Don't cough in their mouths because of what's going on. But happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I think we should say that at least once. Oh, God, even if there wasn't a pandemic, don't cough in your mother's <laughs> mouths. What is wrong with you? Hey, last week I suggested, and I don't think you have yet, but I suggested on Netflix to watch uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It's an improv thing. Did you happen to watch it? We talked about this at length about how I've watched it. We did we really? I feel like I could have on sworn. the episode. Yeah, we we compared episode notes. Huh. Well, oh, yeah. okay, fine. Then in the first episode, there's a point where he's joking around. He he jokes about like walking up to somebody he has a crush on, and just sucking the breath right out of their mouth, and then their breath is in you, and you love them. And that's what yes. I thought of. Uh, so don't yes. do that either. Don't cough in you- or take anybody's breath. Right now, <laughs> now your breath is in me. It's, it's, it's made me laugh. Watched it again the other night. Um, okay. I feel like I've spoken way too fast this whole time. 
Um, but maybe a beer will help me slow down. You think we just dive on in? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I know you like the, you know, the, the Columbia nose candy, so we need to get some beer in you to <laughs> level out all the drugs you're on. Is that Max. Coke? Yeah. Okay, great. You're- <laughs> that makes I sense. That. I just had- wanted to make sure. <laughs> you had to ask. It's for anybody that didn't uh, know your hip lingo. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, you picked out beers. Uh, I feel like it's only uh, it's only fair that you introduce us to the first one. I did. This first beer we're going to get into is from Hen House Brewing, local boys out of and girls out of Santa Rosa, California. If you're not familiar with them, they have been making more and more uh, of an appearance in Northern California over the last six months to a year. Burgers and Brew has them on tap regularly and uh, as well as other bars around town. And their cans are popping up more and more, and they're, they're making some really solid stuff. So today I went with the uh, beer called Juiced. It's a series. It's a Goza that they do with, or goes, if you will. They, it's a Goza. Do it, it's a Goza. Uh, they do it with different fruits of, of some sorts. I believe they're the raspberry one out now. Okay. The one we're doing is Juiced, and it's Goza with tangerines. It's a 4 percent It's got an untapped rating of 391 only 126 ratings, but like the majority of those 126 people real liked it. Yeah. Uh, the ho- and uh, we got an email from from Bob. Who, who's Bob? Yes. Max? So Bob is the guy that actually used to live in Chico. Johnny, do you know Bob personally? Did you know him when he was around? Uh, uh, he, I believe, he used to work at Burgers and Brew as well. I think uh, and you're right. I, f- yeah. I swear to I swear to heck, <laughs> if I saw him, I would know him. But uh, Bob does not ring any Bob-shaped bells in my Bob-shaped brain. Well, then I will I will fill that hole because I knew Bob because I, I played at Argus a lot back in the day when people played at places. Um, and Bob worked there for a long time. He uh, he actually wrote he worked there from 2013 to 14. Um, so I got to know him mostly as a bartender. And a few years after that, he left and, and started working at Hen House. And he, he describes himself as the as a current word nerd slash Cicerone slash marketeer at Hen House. So he got back to us when we sent out the email. And he says this. He says, the concept behind Juiced is to make a delightful fruited goza with rotating fruit additions. We have a long-running single hop pale ale series called Stoked. Uh, I've had that. That's That's been around Chico a lot. Yeah? You've had it too? Yes. Okay. So Stoked rotates through different hops on a quarterly basis. Juiced mirrors that same rotation, except they change out the fruit that they use. Unlike Stoked, the Juiced program is pretty new, so most of the ones that we'll see, like this one that we have, uh, are the first runs at it with the fruit that they're using, in this case, uh, tangerine. Uh, We're all kind of learning together and seeing what people are into. Um, I just said all that, kind of summarizing here, just skimming his email. He gave us a lot of good information. Um, He says, Stoked and Juiced are different styles, of course, but the inspiration is to create a great beer that's accessible to lots of different folks with different levels of familiarity to craft beer. All of the fruit is sourced from Oregon Fruit, uh, which is a company, not just a generalization. Uh, it's one of the beer's industry's favorite fruit providers, I guess. Um, with Stoked, we like to play up the educational aspect of single hop beers, teaching some folks just what Simcoe or Belma hops bring to the table. Uh, but that isn't as true with Juiced, assuming most people have had a tangerine before. Um, and this is we're going to get into a little bit of nerdy stuff that before we started recording, Johnny and I decided we probably couldn't speak to too much. So if this interests you, reach out to Bob over at, over at Hen House, reach out to the brewery in general. But Bob says something really interesting about juice is that it's not a kettle sour, strictly speaking. All our juiced beers for the last six months have been fermented uh, with a brand new yeast called, I'm going to say, Sour Vissier. It's a GMO brewing yeast that creates alcohol, CO2, and lactic acid while it ferments, which is totally revolutionary for making beers like this. 
Uh, he also says, if somebody at a bar had told me that lactic acid came from yeast six months ago, I would have said that was impossible. But here we are living in the future. Um, I, again, can't, I don't know why that is the case. Uh, all I know in terms of kettle sours versus more traditional sours is that instead of brewing them or fermenting them over a long period of time in wooden barrels, you, you, you sour them in a, in the, in the metal kettle, uh, and it takes a lot less time. Uh, so you're able to crank out beers a lot quicker and you get things like gozas or, uh, other similar styles of beers. And I'm going to stop talking because I think I'm just going to keep butchering it. The more I talk. Yeah, that's probably, no, that's definitely true. So yeah, just, just, just leave it. it that's yeah, fine. Quit while we're ahead. Just, just leave it. No, that's, that's pretty accurate. More traditional sour ales are actually, um, a lot of sour ales are open fermented and totally. then put in barrels. Yep. So they, they're in like a big trough exposed to like the natural air of like the outside world. That's why dairy farms are mm-hmm. usually located next to blah, blah, blah. It's a whole thing. You know, if you don't Google it, it's not that complicated. Sure. Although but the this, more you dig, fact, the more complicated it gets. <laughs> which is why that's I true. Um, uh, once this all blows over, uh, there's someone that's going to be on the podcast uh, that is very versed in mixed culture and wild fermentation. Oh, cool! Uh, so yeah, that's a little little sneak peek. Can't wait to teaser. hear that. Yeah, you don't even know that I yet, Max. That's, 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 that's breaking news. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, man. we've been I'm stoked. Yeah, he's a, a brewer at a, a local brewery that shall not be named, uh, but a big local production manufacturing brewer. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he's taught me a lot and he will teach us all a lot more than we know. Uh, and I want you and him to have a, uh, a conversation about Belgian yeasts. Oh, sure. Uh, because I have talked to him at length about this and, and, uh, he's got some interesting opinions and, and a way more knowledge than we could ever hope for. Love it. So look, uh, sneak peek, look forward to that. Uh, but also, uh, I am really intrigued by the spear i think it's interesting that they did something different with the yeasties and mm-hmm. the uh you know it's it's a new process have you had this beer yet no i was actually gonna ask you is yours open and poured yes right. i've been drinking it i while oh. you spoke and quoted okay. young bob i i drank probably half a glass all right walk me through it what's it look like what's it taste like what's it smell uh, like? it's a uh, <laughs> it smells like a hot armpit oh okay great love it so Luckily, no, it, it tastes. It tastes signi- <laughs> uh, minded. Okay. It, it just it has like a, a real fruity like oh this there's like some organic material in here type smell. Okay. Uh, it's got a, a bit of a funk to it for sure, uh, but luckily it it tastes for me a lot better than it smells. It, it does have a weird nose thing happening, but I, I like the way it tastes. It pours a nice clear golden yellow, uh, and you get a lot of like. Uh, almost malty, like it does kind of taste like a kettle sour because sometimes kettle sours have that like pie crust taste almost mm. to them. And I don't know where that comes from, but it's a thing. Um, but you get this really interesting sourness that's not overbearing or sharp. It's really approachable and drinkable. Sure. Um, it's definitely on the refreshing side. It's not too pungent of a sourness that like is off-putting because I'm not a huge sour beer guy. There's some that I like. Uh, for the most part, I, I shy away from them. But this has a nice drinkability. Uh, and the tangerine is is pretty well done. Uh, mm-hmm. I like tangerines quite a bit. And this is uh, a pretty well-infused uh, representation of that. Like, uh, I think it it almost tastes like a tangerine hard candy to me. Yeah, I like, can see that. 
like the distillation of a flavor that's concentrated into a hard candy. It's what it reminds me of. Kind of like you know, like those strawberry candies you get that are kind of chewy that are like I love those. The, candy. They're so good that you're like always grand, so grandparents have them. Yes, there's a bowl of them somewhere always. in an old always in an old is. person's house yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um but just that idea of like capturing the essence of a fruit and and distilling it down to like its very core and then infusing that flavor into something. Uh, albeit hard candy or in this case beer, sure, um, it can go awry quickly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, f- but for me, this flavor translates into this beer well, and I think that they struck a nice balance of that flavor with the sweetness uh, and the uh, the acidity and the sourness. I think it strikes a nice balance. What, what what do you think? Have you consumed it yet? You've had time. Yeah, it's really tasty. I wanted to double back. I was looking through my notes. These were my preventative notes. Like my, I know I'm going to say something stupid if I don't check these notes. Uh, notes. So I wanted to clarify because I learned this today, and I feel like I should just double down. Technically speaking, kettle sours aren't a style of beer. Uh, kettling is a way of souring a beer. So while we are drinking a sour beer um, that was made, I think, with a kettle. Um, we're drinking a Goza that was just made with that method kind of because of the weird yeast. Um, so what I was going to say is what made me think of this was like, I also don't super go in for really, really sour beers. And typically Mm -hmm. speaking, I think that beers that are kettle soured are a little bit more aggressive. Like you do have Goza and you have like Berliner Weisses and they're, they're very tangy most of the time. Um, and I'm always a little bit apprehensive about having to drink an entire one. But the cool thing that I really enjoy about Goza's is you also have like the salinity, like the salt factor going on that kind of cuts through that. Um, And I think the balance struck in this beer is wonderful because you do get kind of that weird funkiness, especially on the nose. And when you taste it at first, it's like a it's a pretty intense citrus kind of pithy vibe. But then it's just cut down super mellow by that salt flavor. And I I love this beer. This is super, super good. Yeah. You love it. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm super stoked like on it. this. I keep saying stoked, yeah. which I should probably I should probably just start saying I'm super juiced on it uh, to not get it confused with their other beers. Uh, so I'm this super beer. juiced on this beer. This beer has got me J-U-iced <laughs> because it's nice. Um, yeah, man, I think it's really good. Like I, uh, The Tangerine, we just talked about this uh, fairly recently with the uh, – I think we're both open proponents of White Claw on this show. Um, oh, yeah. And they came out with the, the 2.0 flavors – um, and you brought some over and we tried them all and like, neither of us liked the tangerine one, at least at first. Um, cause there's something that gets extremely aggressively artificial or can get artificial about a tangerine flavor, yep. especially in watermelon, like all of those flavors in the white claws could have been disasters. And I think mm-hmm. they're mostly okay, but tangerine can get gross. And this one yes. is, is super well balanced. It's not, it's not like an underripe tangerine in its, in its tartness. But it's also not so overripe that you're only getting sweetness. Exactly. It's like that perfectly ripe tangerine mm-hmm. where you bite into it and it just pops and it has that explosion of like everything that you love and it reminds why reminds you why you like tangerines. In the yeah, totally. Uh, I also like that this is as approachable as it is in terms of alcohol content. That's something that I tend to overlook when it comes to the uh, benefits of beers of this style. Like they're often between four and five percent. Um, I mm-hmm. think this one's four and a half. So it's just it's super palatable and easy to go down and like, it's, it's not too carbonated, which is another thing I try to, I get scared about. Like it's, yeah. it's not so bubbly, like a, like a soda pop or something. And some, are. yeah, it's not too much of any one thing. That's for sure. Yeah. I think the last Goza that I tried that I liked this much was probably the key lime from New Glory. From New Glory. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That key lime pie. Great goes, was yep, <laughs> super good. good. 
It's, I think yep. it's, it's just that balance struck of not trying to floor you with the sourness. It's just like, here's a pretty well-rounded beer that is clearly a little sour, but we're not trying to show off. Yeah. And I think that, that it's a testament to the style of the Goza that like sure. it has that balance, like you said, with the, a little bit of salt, a little bit of, of tart. That's so bit good. Of that. Yeah. I, yeah. This is great. All right. Well, Ooh, we both like it. Wait, we should say, because uh, I think it's on the can. Yeah. So this is um, this was canned on March 26th. Uh, okay. So about about a month ago, a little bit more. Nice. Very, very fresh. And they've already come out with one since then. Have they like really? I said. I checked their website and there was one that was like a raspberry, I believe. Uh, some sort of berry. Cool. Okay. So, oh, that's, yeah, um, that's right. I'm going to want to try that one too. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. You have to. It's a good marketing strategy. Like, oh, try the next one. And the next one, it's like making a madness tournament that you have to come back for every week. Brilliant. Right? Brilliant marketing. I yeah. Think. I like it. Yeah, man. It strikes this weird balance between like candied orange and um, beer. Yeah. I think it's fun. Um, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's a fun beer. It's a very fun I want to. I want to drink this beer when it's hot outside and I'm floating down the river. I think this would be a great hot weather kayaking, just sitting on the edge of somewhere with your feet in the water. Uh, just laughing with friends, yep. smoking some of the devil's lettuce and drinking some of this. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't go in on the devil's lettuce quite as much, I think, but I'm I'm with you up until that point. You pass on grass, fucker. Pass on grass. Um well, I wanted to look up one more thing because I asked you this the other day when you dropped off these beers at my place. Um, can you describe the can art briefly? Dude, the can's so cool. It's what made me pick it up in the first place. Um we don't know what they're called, but there's these headdresses that like the Chiquita banana lady wore. How do you know about uh, that? I'm Googling that right now and I'm seeing that for the first time. How do you know what that is? What is that? Uh, I grew up eating Chiquita bananas, bro. Like actual, those are like a type of banana. Yeah. It's a brand of banana and they had oh. little stickers on them with the Chiquita banana lady. And there was actually, if you Google it, you can find some Chiquita banana commercials from like <laughs> cool. the early nineties with the chick with the, the head dress on that's just like filled with fruit and this can yeah. has all the hen house cans have a hen on them somewhere sure. Sure. it seems like and this one has that headdress on and like if a beer can just makes me giggle yeah i'm gonna buy it yeah fair so that's the reason yeah. i brought it up i wanted to try to find a proper word for this there isn't one it was just made famous by this woman carmen miranda who was dubbed um the uh where'd it go the brazilian bombshell yeah. Um, she's known for her signature fruit hat. She used to work in a hat store and she was also inspired by samba music that she heard around while working. And she was like, maybe I can put this, I can wear it as a hat. Who knows? Hell yeah. Interesting thing. I thought there was a name for it though. There, I'm sure there is somewhere, but either way, it's a cool shout out to her. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, juiced goes with tangerine from hen house brewing company out of Santa Rosa. Johnny Summers out of 10. Out of 10, this beer is a 7.9 for me. 7 point. Doesn't quite make it to 8. Nope, doesn't. I wouldn't. It's for me, like, if it get, if it's, like, I stole this from El Prez, but if, like, if it's in the 8s, I'm traveling for it. I'm not going to travel out of my city for this beer. I think that's a great way to, to help rank things. Like, it's not um, outstanding enough for me to drive more than, like, an hour for it. But, like, if it's around, I'm going to buy it regularly. Who'd, you, who'd you say you stole that from? Uh, El Prez, the president of Barstool Sports, who has ah. a pizza, very famous pizza rating show. Got it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've gleaned a few things from him that make a lot of sense uh, in regards to his ratings. And I agree with that principle that like if it's going to get in the eights, you have to travel for it. And that's a principle that I've taken to heart. 
Uh, and it's an interesting lens with which to evaluate your beer purchases. Like, is this really worth traveling X amount of miles or hours? And mm. if it is, then, you know, it's got to be that good. Or if it's that good, you travel for it. So, uh, but the fact this is readily available in town is really cool. I think it's a solid beer. It's a solid rating. It's a real good beer. Uh, you're going to want to grab your, get your hands on this as the weather warms up. Uh, I would say it's a, a go-to for, for summer goes as, as far as, River beers, whatnot, like I just said. So yeah, seven nine for me. What do you think? Yeah, I like your. I like the system. I like okay because I know this. We've talked about it a few times. But like over eight or eight and above, you'll drive and travel for it. I think it's a very handy bar to measure your palate with. Uh, yeah, that, it's a good rule, right? That said, it's not my rule. I wouldn't go with that. Okay, because I don't really travel for beer at all. Like I, I don't think I'd really go out of my way to get any beer. Like I just, yeah, but you. <laughs> You sure drink the ones that I travel Absolutely for, though. Absolutely, I do. Um, so that said, like this, there's nothing I'd change about this. It's a it's a perfect beer in my opinion. It's a ten for me. I'd drink it again. I'd drink it in the hot weather. I'd drink it in the cold. I'd drink it on a mountaintop. I'd drink it in the desert. Now, did that you that's really just opposite. drop a ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Wow. I I was trying to trying to avoid it. I was going to try to go in the nines, but I can't really find anything to change. So that's a ten in my book. That's how I get above an eight. I'm just like, do I love it? Would I change anything? Is this scientific? No. Who cares? It's a 10. It's a really good beer. I think it's my second or third 10 of the year. Yeah. So there's, yeah, you've been, you've been tossing them out, man. That's not tossing. It's been, it's been five months. That's Bro, actually quite that, a few. You're right. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. How many but, tens have but I, I mean, thrown if, out if you, ever? If you think about it, like we do, we do uh, at, at a bare minimum, eight beers every month. At minimum. So sometimes maybe 10. So let's say we've done 45 beers this year. I've only given out three tens. I think that's reasonable. You found three absolute gems. Do you remember what all three were? <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right. That's cool. Uh, I can't even tell you the last one. This is why I think we need to upgrade our, not upgrade, but like uh, sort of. I've been doing it every week. If you follow us on Untapped, the beers from last week are already up there with our ratings. Uh, I will be putting this one in as a pretty high. I'm not giving it a perfect rating well, so like because this, this is my problem with Untapped. Like, how do you? What do you? What do you? What rating do you put? Do you like combine ours? Do you put yours? Do you put mine? Uh, I do a, a somewhere in the middle, basically. Like I, I combine and kind of average it out. And the only problem there is like when we look back, like it's not representative of me or you like you'd think it's too high. And I think that's not even good enough. So I want to switch us to beer out of kit so we can like, cause you can only put like a tweet in your untapped review. Like I want to put what we said in it and then I can put both of our scores and we can look back and categorize them by style. I'm going to do it one of these days. I'm just going to do it. You should. I'm going to catalog all crazy. of them. Yeah. We don't have, you don't have anything better to do. I got to get my mom that uh, video. But that was a bonus content thing that nobody understands except bonus people on Patreon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, it's good beer. What the heck, man? That was a great beer to start the show with. Abs so Yeah, shout out to Bob. Shout out to people that um, – I love when this happens. I love when people from breweries are just like, here's a ton of information. Also, we're really jazzed about what we do. Thank you for being interested. Let's all share in craft beer. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah, big shout out to Bob. That was a great email. I love interacting. And emails like that make me want to go visit breweries. Like totally. the level of activity yep. I've gotten from Bob and like breweries like East Brother. I don't know if I've shouted them out on the show recently, but like yeah. they've been amazing and they've become friends of the show just because they're they're interactive. They're fired up about what they do. They have a passion. Yep. They're stoked that we're drinking their beer. Juiced. And uh Juiced. They're juiced. They're juiced about it. They're yeah. J.U. Iced. That beer is nice. Why do you keep saying um, that? Because J.U. Iced, I don't know. Did I heard you, it somewhere. Okay, yeah, okay. 
it's I don't remember. He got the Ju Ice. I don't know. I love it. It's I just thing. want to know where it came from. I don't remember, man. Okay, it's from I think it's from like one of the Friday movies or something. I can't remember. Right. Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll give somebody credit. But yes, shout out to Bob and all the email uh, emails from breweries that we've received that are have become friends of the show. I can't wait to get out and visit you all. Uh, until then, we have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. With should, our... we, should we address that what? we're not doing flick picks? Should we at least address it? No, not at all. I feel like, but but format. I feel like I got to say it. My OCD is gonna go crazy. No, hey, look, ready, boom. What format? Are you saying now we don't discuss it? <laughs> <laughs> I just it deleted it from the notes. Oh yeah, sorry, I switched off the notes. Oh yeah, look at that. There's no more flick picks. No, no more. Yeah, it's just it's just time for a break. It's like saying the uh, that. Um, Whatever that note that you shared at the beginning was, that production note that no yes. one would ever knew existed yeah, right. unless you okay. said it. And now, yeah, we talk yeah. about production notes a lot. Okay, well then, if you still have some faith in me, Johnny, let me steer this because uh, we're gonna. Uh, when we come back from our break, uh, we're gonna dive into the Netflix documentary, A Secret Love. If you haven't seen it, it is available on Netflix. We're gonna spoil some stuff. Um, so if you'd like to not be spoiled, watch it. Come on back. We're not gonna spoil that stuff until the danger zone, though. So if you just want to know a little bit about this documentary, do stick around, and we will be right back. After this break. Guys, what is up? I am coming at you to let you know that our longtime friends over at the Handlebar are doing orders to go. You can do food. You can do drinks. You can do all the good stuff. Again, that's the Handlebar. If you want to give them a call, they're taking orders most days of the week. Catch them while they're open. Their phone number is 530-894-2337. If you're old enough to remember a time when phone numbers correlated with alphabet letters, that's 530-894-BEER. Again, Handlebar, get some food to go, get some drinks to go. Beers, cocktails, you name it, they got it. They're a great local business. Buy some food from them. I promise you will not regret it. So this is our standard one bedroom, and it has a balcony. We have not had any same-sex couples, but we do have family members that are. If there was, would they be accepted? Because we are a couple. They've been in my life since day one, and they've always been anti-Terry and anti-Pat. Didn't know they were gay till three years ago. How long have you guys been together? <laughs> 65 and a half. 65 and a half years. All these years, they've been together, and they've hid this secret from us. Sometimes we... Holy shit. You were pretty cute, my dear. They were playing baseball. Women didn't do that. They had the courage to do something so different in a time when difference was not looked on as something good. Sometimes we always wore dresses and the makeup, the whole thing. Anybody who was not gay, they simply didn't know. I felt like I was sort of living a lie. I love my mother, but she would have disowned me. Pioneers in a time when it wasn't That's right, exactly, in the 40s. You had to be very careful. Those were the days where bars that were suspected of being lesbian bars were frequently raided. They could be arrested and thrown in jail. There were many stories about people losing their job and committing suicide as a ramification of the bar raids. I think love is love, and that's the most important thing. What she means to me. She means everything. Kind of breaking the rules back then. Exactly. You kind of broke the rules your whole life. Yes, I have. That's why I'm happy. 
regrets. I'd do it all over again. All right, so that was a trailer for the documentary called A Secret Love on Netflix. Uh, Johnny Summers, this was your recommendation. Uh, it's a minimalist documentary. It stars, I don't think stars is the right turn of phrase, but... Uh, features. It, yeah, it features two, uh, two women named Terry and Pat who have both been together for about six, I think Pat says 65 and a half years. And the description for this movie, on Letterboxd at least, goes thusly. Amidst shifting times, two women kept their decades-long love a secret, but coming out later in life comes with its own set of challenges. It was a documentary directed by Chris Bolin, who has done uh, nothing else, as far as I know, which says a lot. Ever. I don't think so, at least not as a director, which is pretty cool. In his life. Because this <laughs> he just woke up and made this movie, uh, Matrix style, right out, of the, right out of the big pool of goo. And then he made <laughs> they this. Just, they popped him <laughs> out of a sack and he made this documentary. <laughs> a weird way to start the segment. Um when did can you tell me about this? When did, how did you find out about it? Is what I want to know. Uh, so we were brainstorming about what to watch, and I just essentially went to Netflix and started browsing by like new released, and this was one of the first things that popped up. And I watched like a couple minutes of the trailer, and I was like, "Well, this looks like the most adorable thing I've ever seen, mm. and it will restore my faith in humanity." And I'm in. So I'm I, I dove in, and I was like, "Let's watch this. It looks great. I'm in." And uh, that's that's how we found out about it. And uh, there's not much else coming out, so it seemed like the right move. Yeah, I'm actually sort of glad. This is one of those scenarios where if there were if there was a big blockbuster or like maybe just normal movie stuff, this probably would have flown under our radar. Yeah, I might never have watched it. Yeah, and I'm really I'm just I keep saying stoked this week. Uh, I'm just very glad that you made me aware of this. I, I it showed up a couple of days after you told me about it, anyways. But um, it's it's a very worthwhile story that I think deserves to be told. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just a little bit more sort of brass tack stuff. It came, it was released to Netflix on April 29th. Uh, it runs 82 minutes long. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to the producer, uh, Ryan Murphy, who also worked on this. So I don't, I mean, I always feel a little bit, and we've talked about this, like it's, you want to sway one way or the other. Cause you can either like, there's not a whole lot of, mm, I'm just not as experienced talking about documentaries. Like when there's a bad one, where it's like exploiting its subjects or any number of bad things, it's pretty clear. It's like, okay, this was bad for these reasons. But then when it's good like this or like for Sama or any of the documentaries we've done recently, it's like, it's a really good story told in an authentic way. Um, And I don't know that there's too much to talk about in terms of uh, movie making. Uh, It's not like, go ahead. No, but I will speak to, to some of those positives in that it did not feel overproduced Mm -hmm. or like overly written. Sure. Uh, and it didn't feel like it had a narrative or an agenda. Uh, I think that's the the purest form of, of documentary filmmaking is simply observing and reporting. Yeah. And I think this this did a really good job of that in its its purity, just like letting these people tell their stories in their words and not muddle it with an agenda or a political point of view. Mm-hmm. And just here is a thing. Here is a piece of art. Here is a person's story. Here's how they fit into the world without bias or opinion. Here's what it is. Think of it what you will and go. And yeah. I think that's amazing. I think that's a great way to to absorb content. You told me that you went into this blind. Yeah, Did no, you in I fact, have no idea. <laughs> 
okay, so I want to know some of your reactions and some of your like immediate expectations, perhaps. What was your viewing experience like? Uh, give me give me some more about what happened when you watched this. Right. So I, I mean, the first thing that jumped out to me was that something seemed familiar about one of these characters, not characters, one of these people's stories. Um, and it turns out that um, I believe it was Terry was. If you've ever seen the movie uh, A League of Their Own, it's a movie about the first all-women's baseball league. Yeah. Groundbreaking stuff. And I saw it during like a, a sports uh, – it's like a sports appreciation class in college. I'm talking about all these dumb college classes I did. Um, but I think that was bonus too. The point is um, one of these women was on that team. So a lot of a lot of this movie takes on sort of the, the hue of nostalgia in, in both mm-hmm. respects with like her, her sports history and obviously their relationship, what that was like in the, the fifties and, and clearly a big part of the tension in their lives is having to lead this sort of double life and trying to convince people they're not gay, but they definitely are. And, and the sort of the, the level of commitment and love that is clear by like 10 minutes into this movie was something that I was not prepared for, uh, but very, very much appreciated. Yep. Hundred percent, I agree with that completely. Uh, it's a fascinating story because we we basically get a big chunk of the biography of these two women's lives from early childhood until you know very late in their lives, and yeah. it was just such. They're so endearing. At one point in the movie, I said, "I want to put her in my pocket <laughs> and keep her safe forever because I yeah. love her." They're so precious, like. These women were just so precious and adorable and lovable and so filled with love for each other. That yeah. was uh, that really, like like you said, that took me a bit off guard. And just uh, at one point in the documentary, they find like a box of letters. Oh uh, God! That, uh, oh my God! <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Like, dude, uh, there there was some wetness in my facial region. Uh, <laughs> for quite a bit of this movie. Um, (laughs) And man, like the hopeless romantic in me was like, oh my God, true love does exist. Like it's just, it was such an amazing documentary and it really showcased the struggles of being of a different orientation Mm. in a time when you could legitimately lose your job and get thrown in jail for it. Yep. Uh, the the lengths at which they had to go to keep their love for each other secret was pretty astounding and sad. And um, some of like the propaganda that they played, as far as like the public service announcement that they would play like on TV and in school, like mm-hmm. um, yeah, jeez, man, it it it, it was it like played- an STD talk from Mean Girls. Yeah, dude, it played like a oh, joke, like God. a bad I know, satire. it super did. And I, I had to pause this documentary, and I looked over at my wife and said, you know, someone actually said that with conviction once in this country. Like, do you realize how crazy that is? Yeah. Like, someone said that with full conviction and authority and oh. had the means to back up the punishment that would come with that. Yeah. And it just... Yeah. The fact that that existed, I mean, it's like so much in our country. We've come so far for all of America's problems. Uh, we've done a lot to get better about not just hating people because they're different, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's a, it feels like something that people preach a lot to their children when they're young. It's like, you know, don't be the person that ostracizes somebody for being different. And then at some point, People don't seem to care about that as much. It's like, yeah, you weirdo, you're different. I don't know when that transition happens 
But at some point it's, it's at a young age. You're like, yeah, differences are good. People come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. And then it's like, you're different F off. Yeah, exactly. Know. Like it makes you wonder how much of it's just like, you know, beat into children. Like differences are bad. Like, yeah. you know, like you said, people reach a, a point in their life where like, all right, I like chocolate. You like vanilla. Like it's fine. We sure. don't need to go to war about it. You know, your God has a different name than mine. That doesn't mean we need to kill each other. Dude. Yeah. Like well, I noticed something else. Um, speaking of sort of like impending fear, uh, like that causes, I, I started this movie and there was an increasing sort of feeling in my gut that I, I was telling myself like, all right, don't let out your breath just yet. Because sort of, I think a lot of history of, of gay cinema ends very badly for yeah. like, you think like uh Brokeback Mountain is a great example. Um, or, and, and it's not always somebody has to get murdered horrifically or, or like, I'll avoid spoilers, I guess, for Portrait of a Lady on Fire because that's pretty new. Um, but jumping back a couple years, like uh, Call Me by Your Name, like they end up splitting up at the end. Like every, it always ends with some type of heartbreak or tragedy or something. And so I was just like holding my breath, like, all right, well, what's what's wrong with these two? Are they gonna are they gonna split up and decide they don't love each other? Like, why is this good movie making? Who decided to fund this? Like, what's right? the what's the conflict that we're all like eating popcorn <laughs> just to wait for? And how jaded are we that we think that's that. what I'm like, saying? This, like this can't have a fucking happy yeah, ending. Yeah. Like there's no way this doesn't end with me being sad, right? Um, because these yeah. these stories have not gone well historically. Yeah, and that's that's true. Like that's a really good point. Like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed was that I don't think that I've seen a documentary about people, um, at least two people in love, quite this old. Um, mm. Which is interesting because especially in a lot of mainstream romance movies, it's all about sort of the physical connection. And, and when that's um, sort of even, even like a like a based on a true story kind of movie, or like there's always some like weird sex scene that has to happen. And the benefit of these women being as old as they are is they're not really interested in that anymore. They're just like, yeah. look, we're here in our twilight years. And this movie is, I would say, equally as interested in dealing with their romantic life as it is with sort of the ubiquitous people getting older and having to maybe move into a retirement home or, or understand and accept what's kind of going on and just getting yeah. older and what that means. Yeah. It's like that's, that's universally powerful. Even if you're asexual, you've never been interested in anybody. You'll still like this because it's like, there is still this sort of um, inalienable human experience quality of this movie that I think transcends a lot of um, maybe the more uh, obvious narrative things going on. Yeah, that's that's very true, and it's it's something. It's a it's a part of the human condition. It's just as natural as being born, but it's also like the most like dread inducing thing, and mm -hmm. like cause for ex existential crisis. Yeah, you know, in existence. But it's it's yeah. I'm sure there's been millions of documentaries that focus on you know life and death. But yeah, it's it was an interesting take to be v viewed through that lens a little bit, but it's just a part of this story and it's just where they're at in their life right now. But yeah. I, I thought it was well done the way that they incorporated those issues with their overarching story. Yeah. I also feel like when movies like this get made or, or when movies about um, a minority struggling with something, get struggling with the thing that they are being oppressed for um, a lot of sort of easy, low hanging gut punch fruit by directors tends to be showing and dwelling on the things that were happening in the time. So like, a lot of civil rights documentaries or movies will will really expose you to like the shittiness of the time. And it really yeah. bums you out. Obviously it was terrible. And I, this movie didn't do that, which 
I think again speaks to the strength of their relationship and the the vision of the director being like, no, of course things were terrible. And there is a little bit of that. Like we get some stories about people in like gay bars being arrested and fired. And there is of course that, but it's more focused on the positivity, which I think is just great right about now. I'm, I'm about done with uh bummer type stuff. Absolutely. And one of, uh, to, to your point, one of the notes that I had written down about this documentary was that um, the consequence of their time was showcased in their personal experience. Mm, and what I mean by that is that there were these arrests happening but also it showcases how it affected their day-to-day and their personal lives together. Like when they find, for a perfect example, they find those box of that box of letters Oof. and, and they're like, uh, they're, was it her niece or cousin? I think the, it was her the, niece. Yeah. Her niece is like, why are all the bottoms ripped off? Oh God. Wait, that happens after we get to hear one of these poems or letters. Exactly. Which is the most beautiful Man. thing you've ever heard. I know. Like I was weeping. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. have I ever loved anything I was that much? Up. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and they're like, these two women are well, you know, they if these ever got found, we could lose everything. Yeah. Like we couldn't. People couldn't know that these letters were between us. They would have to just think that you know a man wrote them or something. So when I say that the the consequence was you know reflected in their personal lives, that's the more personal consequence that they dealt with that they would have to Mm. face. Like, yeah, people were getting arrested. It's easy to say that that's a broad overarching statement of just social climate. Yeah, sure. The fact that you could have, you could keep these letters, but you'd have to rip the woman you love's name off the bottom is like, Oh Jesus, that was heavy. Yeah. So I loved the way that they portrayed the consequence in a personal light, not in a, an, a, an overarching social light. It really personalized it and made you feel like, you know, the weight of those consequences wasn't just something that was happening in society. It's something that would happen to these two people that you're learning about their lives. And it, it personalized it and it, it was very, very powerful in, in breeding empathy and yeah. just like, Oh, ho, ho. like I felt that dude. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's powerful. And for sure. I, I was, I was kind of shocked by its short running time. Again, like just under an hour and a half. Um, it's also worth noting this movie takes place over the course of several years, especially if you count like, I mean, the actual footage where the documentary crew showed up, that's that's a few years. Plus all of their like growing up photos and all that kind of stuff is in there too. But um, the, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much. It feels almost weird to to talk about this as like material for more viewing, but just just from a understanding these people's lives since I could have watched this for, I could have watched this as a series. Right. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to like commodify, commoditize, maybe is the word commoditize them into like it's commodify. I don't care. Whatever it is. Um, like they're not at their core here for me to just observe and cry on the couch for, but they are people that I think story whose stories were worthwhile to be told. I don't think this is a groundbreaking movie in terms of, um, Maybe it is. Maybe like just the nuggets of humanity. Maybe that is what groundbreaking should be. Maybe it doesn't have mm. to be like a story about some guy climbing El Capitan, which is cool also, but maybe deeper down, love is what really matters, as one of them says. I can't remember who. Terry or Pat at the end. Mm-hmm. One point, they're just like, I don't care where we move. As long as I'm with you, I'm going to be happy. And they're saying that at like late 80s, early 90s. And it's just so, it was lovely, man. Yeah, seriously. 
Yeah. No, I think this movie can be groundbreaking because they themselves were groundbreaking yeah. in their time. You yeah. Know? And it's it's an important story. And they like they kept themselves from their family for fear of losing the people they loved. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, I mean, it's such great personal sacrifice and and it was just it was such an amazing story. I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that kind of makes you feel like you're getting a really good deal uh having seven or whatever Netflix costs every month. Like this right? is on Netflix. Yeah. And you can just watch it for free, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good that should be a thing that they put on the title cards of movies like selected or Sundance selection on Netflix for free. <laughs> like right? you need to watch this because it's mm-hmm. worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, anything else you want to hit on before we kind of move on? Uh, I think, I mean, we covered a lot of it. We'll get into a bit more in the danger zone, I suppose, about more just the, the brass tacks of the actual, you know, events that happened. But I would say absolutely worth a watch. Uh, one of the most uplifting things that I've seen maybe ever, Mm. uh, one of the purest love stories that you'll ever see. Yeah. And just, just absolute undying love for another human being. Uh, it was really inspirational. Like, you can't be human and see something like that that's so real and genuine and not be affected somehow by it. Yeah. And I think those feelings are like why we started doing this in the first place, because we're always searching for those things in the cinema that we take in. And, you know, this documentary encapsulated that so well i think it's something that i probably will never forget fair enough man that's the secret love on netflix do you want to give it a rating or does it seem like a movie that maybe doesn't even need it what do you think yeah i don't think we need to rate this movie i think certain like documentaries and stuff like that are kind of they transcend man yeah Uh, i think this is this is a thumbs up scenario right i think both of us give it thumbs up Uh, i think to put a rating on it would just be uh cheap yeah fair enough Let's not even do it. I agree. Okay. So we both loved it, and that's all you need to know. Deal. Okay. I am out of beer. I have I finished my juice goza with tangerine. It was delicious. Um, and I'm hoping our next beer that you also picked out will be just as good. I can't imagine it being better. So we'll say just as good for me. Yeah, man. So I got actually both of our beers at SNS Produce this week again. Yes. Shout yeah, out to right. the homie Andy. Uh had to redeem himself after that. You gotta uh, you gotta old, yeah, who's Andy? Beer. I, I know who Andy is, but maybe somebody yeah. Andy's our, our buddy, friend of the show, friend of mine on a personal and uh, huggable level. Sure. Uh, that is the beer buyer at SNS Produce. And I get a lot of my beer from there, usually there and Spikes and sometimes somewhere else, but usually mainly those two spots because mm. they're just the juiciest. Uh, so I got both of our beers for the show this week there. Uh, the one I'm doing now, I had to get. Uh, the can was amazing, but mainly the name and the reason it was brewed, because you'll all know why sure. when I tell you it's called Friends with Social Distances. <laughs> uh, it was brewed in collaboration with Altamont and Fieldwork. So two mm-hmm. very local breweries, Livermore and Sacramento. Uh, and also, I mean, uh, Fieldwork actually started in Berkeley, and they have a oh, satellite right. taproom yeah. in Sacramento. But yeah, yeah right. Berkeley and Livermore, basically, they share the same bay. They're right in the same neck of the Bay Area, and they have to make this beer, obviously. Friends with social distances. We're living in the time of social distancing, and uh, I love all the breweries that are poking fun at it by naming 
fun beers and doing doing fun stuff like that. So yeah, this is actually a double IPA and it's clocking in eight and a half percent. And I am very excited to try it. Max, do you have the can in front of you? Uh, we can tell me what the hops are. It says on the can. Yeah, man. So it's got uh, cashmere hops, Hallerto Blanc, and Mosaic. Uh, where I can't, I'm so confused these days. Were we talking about Mosaic on the air or was that bonus content? That was bonus content. Cool. We're just really selling selling up Patreon. We, we spent a lot of time on uh, this week's bonus content talking about um, our favorite hop varietals. Like mine's has forever been Mosaic, it seems like, on this show because it's one of the first that I really... Uh, was able to pick out because a lot of beers started using it uh, by itself. Though that's not the case here. Again, it's Mosaic, Hallerto Blanc, and Cashmere. Um, and like you said, yeah, it's, it's actually 8.2%. Um, I think this was uh, originally an Altamont, not originally, but it was an Altamont beer idea. They collaborated with Fieldwork, and then it was canned by Altamont, just to clarify. Okay, nice. Um, it's a great can. I think you're totally right. There's these nice little inner, barely intertwined circles, almost like a Venn diagram made of... Uh, dashes that form big circles uh emulating if you will uh distance that you should keep between each other during this weird time have you opened yours Mm -hmm. i have i've been drinking it all right walk me through it this beer packs a punch let me tell you uh it's nice and cold uh not too cold but nice great drinking temperature poured it it pours beautifully this just dark like uh dark yellow i I like the color on the beer Good looking IPA color, uh, and man, a lot of double IPAs uh, you can kind of anticipate being a little on the sweet side. Sometimes yeah. they get too much malt, a little bit more sweetness. This beer is punchy as hell, man. Like it has got hops in your grill. The first thing I I tasted was almost like peppery. Mm. It had like a peppery, punchy, hoppy, almost spicy, and then it transitioned immediately into this like very rind of an orange just super pithy bitterness uh and then it it just it finishes nice and dry this is uh very much so an ipa yeah i was expecting a, a new england i don't know why uh i feel like maybe i, I why well, i attribute field work with new england ipas pretty often and then altamont kind of they run the game at quite a bit but um no yeah not as you suggested not a not a new england ipa at all it's a very Clear West Coast, obviously very uh, hop aggressive beer. Um, I'm right there with you. A lot of citrus. I get a lot of piney notes. Um, it's yeah, it's a wonderful golden color. It's very approachable if you're in the mood for a punchy IPA. Yeah, which I am, and I do yeah. grab gravitate towards quite a bit. So uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this this guy quite thoroughly. Yeah, the thing that jumps out to me right away, if there is a negative to pick here, is that it is a bit heavy on the finish in terms of mouthfeel. It's leaving my tongue a little bit lazy. Uh, got a bit of a, not quite syrupy, but a little bit of a hefty sort of, um, yeah, feel to it, I suppose. A little more mm-hmm. viscous than I was expecting. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a thick boy. Yeah, it almost has the viscosity of like a 10% beer. Yeah, I could see that. Which is not, I, I don't know. It's fine if I know that. I'm, like I just t- I told you the other day that I had my first uh, Waldo's special ale from Lagunitas of the season. She had five of them. My first five of the season uh, the other night, which is another beer, very thick, but also is like 11% or something. Yeah. And this has like this, this has that kind of body, but not the uh, not the alcohol to sort of justify it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's it's got a, a feel. Yeah. Yeah. Does I mean does that work for you here? Uh I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's off putting at all. I mean, 
Uh, I knew it was a big over 8% double IPA, mm-hmm. and I was just hoping it wouldn't be too sweet. And I was I was hoping for that hot punchiness, and it's there. It's very, very much so a West Coast beer. Uh, but I think that the uh, the mouthfeel and that heaviness is kind of, uh, to be ex- for me to be expected with a, mm. an eight and a half percent beer, and I think I don't find it off putting at all. I think this beer is is very very drinkable, and uh, for what it is and what I was expecting, I think it's it's right in the strike zone. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the more I drink it, actually, the more I'm getting sweetness on the end. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. some, maybe it's just something about the way this beer finishes that isn't really killing it for me. It's yeah, that heavy, and I'm getting a lot of sweetness, like not quite caramelly, but heavy. Um, and thick, a little malty thickness almost. Yeah. And that's, it's just really fighting the, the hot bite that I want to enjoy mm. for a lot longer that that's there. And then it's gone pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not really, not really playing to my, not really marching to my beat, marching to my tune, playing my horn. It's not playing my horn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tossed that into the scrap pile of phrases never to say again. Tossing my horn. <laughs> just, Yeah. Um, but you like it a lot or you like it okay? I, I like it just fine. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I like it a, a lot. I wouldn't say I love it. Sure. Uh, I would say that it's 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 real good. It's real solid. This is one of those beers that like I I'm gonna enjoy drinking and I might never think about it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in that that kind of decent to to pretty good wheelhouse. This is a great can. Yeah. This is a great sixteen ounce thing I'm gonna drink and then immediately like move on to the next thing I'm going to drink. Like this is, yeah. it's a great, it's a great drinking beer. Let's put it that way. It's a great 8% beer. Uh, it's, it's delicious. It's tasty. It's not overly sweet. Like in a new Englandy, mm-hmm. uh, orange juicy kind of way. It's got some bitterness that I like, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to drink this beer. I'm going to enjoy it. Ne- probably never going to think about it again. So if you're, here's a scenario you're drinking for the night you're in, it's a Friday Okay. You, you've been given a four pack of this. Yeah. Uh, you finish the first one. Do you go for the second one or do you go for something else? Depends on what I have in the fridge. You have um, your fridge. No, you don't. You have a normal person's okay. fridge. You have like, you probably got like a six pack of pale ale and some white claws and that's it. Okay. I would drink at least one more of these. Okay. And then I would consider switching it up. Um, but also like after a, drinking a full 16 ounce of this, uh, the second one's going to taste a little bit better. That's <laughs> true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could see me killing the four pack of this and having a great night. Like, it kind of just depends what you're in the mood for. But for me, yeah. like, this is a beer that, like, it's it's pretty much up my alley. It's it, it's it checks a lot of boxes for me. But I mean, it's not going to knock my socks off. But it's this is one of those beers that you buy a four pack of, and you don't care if your buddy comes over and drinks two of them. Is that because you love your buddy so much that you want to share great beer or because it's like a fine beer you don't mind missing? No, I don't love any of my friends. No, I <laughs> No, it's more just like if if you were having a party and like somebody drank two of the four of these, you wouldn't be like, "Damn it, I was yeah. saving those." It's I'm, more like, yeah. Uh this is excellent beer for drinking. Yeah, okay. I'm really interested in the scale. I'd like to see the chart of like if you're going like a just a 90 degree angle, one of those charts, like going yeah. upwards is like quality of friend, and then going horizontal is quality of beer. And I want to yeah. know like what beer is at the far end and what friend is at the far end of the top. Like where the where those lines? Like where do I fall? Like like what beer could I steal from you? Where you'd be like, that's fine, but somebody else you'd be like, you're dead to me. Yeah. See, you could get away with a lot <laughs> as long as like you share it sure. with me. 
But if like some jackass came over and like domed a 22 ounce barrel aged stout that I've been saving yeah, yeah, yeah. and didn't give me any, That'd yeah, we'd have some some problems. I don't think there's this. I mean, I have I don't have any amazing beers or anything, but I got some that I've been sitting on for a while, and I'm pretty confident that if you were at my house and you for some reason I don't know you're on you're on another level on this in this scenario, you just pour it out into a glass and you chug the whole thing. I think I don't have a single beer that I would be more mad at you than I was about losing the beer. <laughs> Long sentence on that one. Okay. So yeah, the the beer to anger ratio isn't that extreme with you. You get it, no, that's with you. <laughs> you oh, get a free yeah. pass on any beer that I own. Oh wow. I think is how I feel. Hey, that's on record now. Just yeah, so you yeah, know. Sure. Like, yeah. I'm I've only been over. doing narwhals. It's fine. I've seen your fridge. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> I have a couple of good beers, man. You do. I mean, you do. I think yet. I bought them and put them there, but that's, that's fine. That's possible. <laughs> no, I've I actually have my eye. I've been wanting to drink that Oakshire beer that you have. Hellshire or Oakshire? Uh, the uh, isn't Hellshire the name of the the beer? I don't know. Maybe? Somebody, somebody, I didn't get it. Somebody, no, there, it. I didn't travel for it, so I don't know. Oh, it's a barrel aged stout from Oakshire. Oh, okay. Trust me. All right. And uh, yeah, I've I've had my eye on that beer. We might should do that next episode. Oh sure. How are we gonna? Okay, sure. Oh yeah, we yeah. have one of them. Yeah. Damn it! All right. Damn you, social distancing. Yeah. Ah, we're friends with social distances. So and it all comes back. It does. So let's let's rate let's rate this collaboration. Yeah, for me, this beer is like a solid seven two. Oh. It's it's upper okay. echelon as far as like uh, good double IPAs, but it's it's like I said, it's great beer to grab a four pack of and drink. For me, I just bought uh, like a four pack of some Pizza Port mm. and I bought a four pack of that uh, Clear AF. That's a good beer. El- yeah, that's a real good beer from El Segundo. Um, yeah, from yeah. El Segundo, and it's it's those are beers that are like good. That are just like they're great fridge beers. This is a great fridge beer. And if you're a beer person, you know exactly what I'm saying. This is a beer you buy, you throw in the fridge, you come home from work, you don't have a problem just cracking one and killing it. Like it's you don't think much about it. It's just a great beer to have in your fridge yeah. to drink. It's great drinking beer. Seven two. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I disagree. Uh I like this less than you. Though um I did just get a four pack of electric oats from Secret Trail, and I put it next to a four pack of modern times called Star Cloud. And it just wiped the floor with modern times. Really? Yeah, it was not. I wasn't expecting it. And I tried. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is, I don't know. It's better than I remembered, I guess. But um, so that one for me, electric, or, what did I say? I said electric oats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is a great one to throw in the fridge. This one is, it's still, it's too sweet for me on the end. I'm going to give it, I think a, generously, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Because uh, it's fine. I, t- to answer my own question that I asked you, if I had a four pack of this and I finished the first one. Uh, I'd go ahead and stop the person asking the question right there because I don't think I'm going to finish the first one. Really? Yeah, I'll finish what's in my glass, which is actually, really? t- to be fair, most of the beer. There's probably like four or five ounces left in the... I don't know. Who am I kidding? I'll, I'll drink it. I'm going to drink it. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, <laughs> this is not the max I know that drinks five yeah. Waldos. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna like, ooh, my glass is empty. Better fill it up real quick. Yeah, I mean, I think some of what you're going for <laughs> in a beer like... scale. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, we're okay. we're introducing all kinds of new weird ratings, but like it's it's not super refreshing. It's no. not like uh, some IPAs you drink them and uh, burp. Excuse me. Oh God. I'm like dying. yeah, but like the Clear AF or like Mayberry. Yeah, those beers are just like oh, I want to keep drinking them. They're crushing new Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. This is just a fine drinking beer. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right. It's less than fine for me, but whatever. If you get your hands on it, again, friends with social distances uh, made by Altamont and Fieldwork here out of California. Let us know what you think. We would sure love to hear from you. We're lonely these days. So <laughs> right? get at us at all the things that we talked about at the top of the show. Yeah. Seriously. Um, moving right along into Hot and Bothered, I think, is the, is the good move. You've added into our notes, Ego Groceries. Yep. And I couldn't imagine what that means. And I'm guessing people listening also have no idea what that is. So if you'd be so kind, my friend, what do you mean by ego groceries? Is that a hot or is it a bothered? Are you excited or well, are you angry? Um, well, it was a bit of both. <laughs> okay. uh, it was, uh, it, I've had a lot on my plate lately anyway. And there was these, this extra circumstance where like I'm working again. And so I like, I needed to have some groceries delivered. Mm-hmm. Simple. I've been using Instacart groceries to show up on my porch. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some shoppers or a shopper that was, for all intents and purposes, very bad. Okay. What is that? What do you mean? Um, a sh- I don't know about Instacart. What do you mean a shopper? Okay. So on in- on on Instacart, there's a person that is your shopper, and they go to the grocery store for you. Okay. And and they're picking up your items and bringing them back. Okay. Uh, and say you ask for, let's just f- throw out an example. You ask for a, a can of V8. Sure. And a lot of times, if you have a shopper that's like pretty savvy, they will be like, they're out of this can of V8. Mm. Do you want this can of store brand V8? Or like, there here's a few things they have. Like, what do you want me to grab? Uh, and I've I've had fantastic experiences with uh, the Instacart people that I've worked with in the past that are just like they super work with you and are like, well, this is close to what you asked for. Like, is this cool? Because you can message them the whole time they're shopping. It's it's really like us an, an app that's like made for quarantine. Like yeah. these people, yeah. it's 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 fantastic. It's very interactive. It's very user friendly. And, okay. and if you get a good shopper, it's very very amazing. Uh, I had what I thought was a very bad shopper. Okay. Um, and just what, like, what cued you into this? Why do you think that? So, like, f- like I just started getting notifications on my phone because when there's like an item sold out and there's like no viable replacement, mm-hmm. you there's an option for them to just say like, "Hey, I need to refund this item on this order. Is that okay?" Yeah. And usually there's a substitute because it's a grocery store. Yeah. Like it's, there's always something close. Well, I got like eight refund things with no options for substitutions. And I'm like, does this person never bought food before? Like what? Um, and I started messaging them and I was like, you know, like one thing I got was hamburger buns for just random shit. Sure. I'm like, there's a generic option. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you're standing in the bread aisle. There's, there's, and I like got on and started chatting and I'm like, any hamburger buns will work. Cause mm-hmm. I threw out two substitutions and they were both like out of stock. Okay. And at that's this point, I'm like, I'm blood red mad. And I'm like, does this person <laughs> not eat? Does this person not eat food? Oh, no. Okay. Okay. It's been a long day. It sounds like already. It's been a long day. I've been driving I've been on the short. road. The fuse is short. Okay. I've got family shit going on sure, that, I've been, that we spoke about yeah, off yeah. air that I'm, I'm like, this is not what I need in my life. Okay. The groceries should not be the wild part. It sends Movi over the edge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm borderline like, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that I was disproportionately angry at this moment at this shopper. Fair. I'm taking out other things on them, but also it's not that hard. And I, I, 
Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so the whitest privilege problem to have. I know. Uh, and I, I'm aware of this, and I look at my wife, Shulena, and I say, I swear to God, <laughs> these people better, better be foreign as fuck, or I'm going to rip them a new one when they get here. Okay. Um, and as if a prophet. Oh, uh, God. The absolute sweetest couple from Venezuela. It's two people. Yeah, it's a couple because oh. they they were they were buddy systeming it. That's great. They don't know how anything works in America. Oh, uh, barely spoke a word of English. They were young. They were probably like twenty two, twenty three. Oh wow. Um, just super sweet. Like I tried to ask them like how things were going and like how was the store and like you know are you guys wait, having wait, a lot wait, of luck? Wait, wait, wait. you bridged a gap here. They sh- you asked yes. them this in person, right? So yeah, they, you were just when you, fuming mad, and then you asked them how the store was. I need to know what happened well, in between. <laughs> okay, so they finished shopping. I started like I got home from work and started like interacting more instead of just putting pushing like approve or deny on yeah. their substitutions or like a. So I was like, any hamburger buns will work, just whatever they have. Yeah, and so then hamburger buns popped up in the cart. They're like, yeah, cool. They found some hamburger buns, okay. and I'm like. They they better not speak English. Like yeah. th- that's that'd be the only legitimate excuse for what's happening right okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> like just joking to myself, but also like for real though. Seriously, come on. What's your excuse? Right. Um. And uh, I buy Instacart can deliver alcohol, so you actually have to interact and show them your ID. Oh wow. And uh, so I had like White Claw and a bottle of vodka delivered, and I was out on the porch, and I had to. I'm like pep talking myself, like all right. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, assume positive intent. Love it. And, yeah. And I go out and I say, hi, how's it going? Because it's it's this this young lady and what appears to be her partner or just the guy she's getting groceries with. Mm-hmm. And um, a real hard time even answering me with that. And yeah. like I, I deal with people that don't speak English a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, is it? You know, I start interacting and I'm immediately more sympathetic. And, and then I realized like, okay, I called it. They're definitely not from here. Yeah. And um, start talking. And they're like, and just get really choppy, like confused answers. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're totally not from here, huh? I'm like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Venezuela. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like you have no idea what's going on. You were probably having to use like a translator app yeah. trying to navigate an American grocery this asshole store. Asshole that wants his fucking hamburger buns. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. badly. Exactly. Yeah. And every piece of my ego shattered yeah. in that moment. And I was so filled with just because they're probably stuck here. Like they yeah. probably don't even have the option to go home right now. And they're out there buying groceries for people that are working or in my situation, I'm working, I don't have time. And it's like, they're just trying to scrape together some money and like get a job. Like they're working, they have a job. They're out there contributing to this country. Like they're doing the damn thing. And I was not prepared. My ego was not prepared for what would happen if I was right and they were actually not from this country? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I said that super jokingly. Sure. But then you have a face-to-face interaction with someone who is legitimately an immigrant that is just doing the best they can. And, oh, my ego was not ready for it. And it just was like, oh, I'm going to break into a million pieces yeah. just so you know because you're 
an entitled person that like expects everyone to know as much as you and like have the knowledge base that you do and be familiar with all this stuff. And it wasn't like that at all. Right. They were just doing the best they can and they did an amazing job. And, uh, it really was just like a slap in the face of, Hey, your problems aren't the worst thing and everyone's doing their own thing. And, maybe you should just assume positive intent because they're trying and yeah. they did a really good job yeah. for the record. I made a list of the things that I have to still buy. And mm-hmm. it was only like five things out of 30. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, so long story short, that was, uh, I went from a bothered to a hot because I got to, uh, and I'm not being self-righteous at all, but I was like, I have to go back and like give them a really fat tip because, they probably they took them a long time shopping. Like they were having a hard time with it, and I'm like that. I can imagine going to like Japan and trying to buy a Japanese man's groceries. Yeah, and I put myself in their shoes, and I was filled with so much empathy, and mm. I like it broke it broke me. I was like, I can't. Uh, there's nothing I can do, but like, yeah, like I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's it. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, and luckily I was controlled enough and just had anger in my mm-hmm, inside mm-hmm. me, and it didn't let it out. That I was like. I need to see them in person before I really yeah. am like actually upset or like I understand what's going on. So I had uh, a moment of of learning and of like real hands-on interaction with a person that's not from this country and I think it was very positive and it taught me something and uh, I was able to express a, a small appreciation, you know, with a little bit of financial support to them that like dude, I appreciate the shit out of that. Like you're trying you're you're out there you, you're in a situation that I know nothing about and that is so humbling so uh bothered then hot then humble then confused and uh, it was a really interesting afternoon man yeah i'm sure i just, i can picture like a shittier person who would not have uh, adjusted when those people showed up and it's like they're just taking our jobs and that's why america is bad yeah yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's so much. It's, I mean, I feel like it's easy to want to go the judgmental route and like really get mad all the time, but it's so much more yeah. gratifying when you, especially when it pans out to be like, you know what? Like when you come to the decision and the realization, like we're all just trying to survive. Exactly. Like, just, man. Uh, good on you. Like, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you. Yeah. And I've, I've, I was brought up pretty conservative Christian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was taught a lot of views of, you know, don't judge, love everyone. There's a lot of really strong values in Christianity and, and a lot of religion that are universally true, you know? Sure. And uh, the people that I've grown up with have, like, become super hardcore, like, conservative and, like, anti-immigrant. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> and it's so counterintuitive and hypocritical. Like, shouldn't you be loving them? It is tricky. Uh, like it's it's one thing to be like, yes, I don't like immigrants, or even if I do, they gotta immigrate legally, which I guess whatever. But if you're gonna be like, I'm a Christian, also, that's money that it's costing me. It's like those things can't those can't work together. You can either be they, like, love your neighbor, or you can't say I'm a Christian. It's kind of like exactly a big, like I had Jesus. He was big on he was big on like people that were maybe considered today like sucking on the system and like needed help or whatever. Oh yeah, Jesus. Jesus hung out with whores and thieves. Sounds like a great, you know, great time. Yeah, for what it's yeah. worth. Yeah, right. 
but yeah, like just all those things and like everything that's led me in my life to this point, like culminated in dealing with these people. And I was like, dude, it would be so hypocritical of me to be like, you know, mad at you right now because you're doing the best you can. And I'm sure people have been mad at you. They seemed really hesitant to bring the groceries up on the porch. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, you've been yelled at. Like I'm thinking that like, ah, I just, I want to love you guys, man. And I want to be what people should be fair, you know? So that's that's it, man. That's an overarching theme of this episode is just love just and like loving people. people. Just be, yeah. be be decent. Yeah. Just do and that. It was, it was really weird timing, like watching this documentary last night and then having this situation come up. I was like, oh my God, am I like just being <laughs> taught something? Like, do I need there's a lesson here, man? Like shit doesn't just happen to you. Like, if you pay attention to what's going on in front of you and the situations and the people that randomly get thrown into your life and you don't learn from them, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I also think it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, dude, like just, I think if you can, I just got so British. I think, I think you can uh, um, just like be nice to people. I think you're onto a, a good thing. Like assume the best, prepare for the worst kind of thing. They're yeah. probably whoever I'm talking to in almost every situation is trying their best. Yep. Which is also easier said than put into practice when it comes like if you're actually upset, it's one thing for someone to be like, hey, just calm down. It's like, okay, but maybe you don't know how emotions work. But also, exactly. In my best moments, I can be like, everybody is just trying to survive. Maybe I disagree with people. Let's just try to find some common ground. You're probably okay. Just past all the shittiness or perceived shittiness that I'm projecting onto you. Mm hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, so man, it was good. I learned some stuff today about myself and about the world, and uh, it felt good. And I feel like I came out on the right side of it. And I can't say that about every situation I've had in my life, but I'm happy to say I can say it about today. And that's that's a victory. That's all that matters, man. Is how you react to shit today and how you treated someone today. Agreed. Or in, yeah, it just makes you better in the future. Yep, exactly. So. That's my hot and my bothered, and it went a bit long and a bit uh, meta, if you will. But, dude, that's my day, man. You listen to this because you want to know? Dude, you're going to know. Well, I hope you enjoy your fucking hamburgers. <laughs> uh, they actually got me, like, the most American, like, Wonder Bread hamburgers. Yes. And I'm like, that's awesome. Wait, so, you so got, you got, they got buns and, and meat, presumably? Yeah. Okay, good. There you go. That's a hamburger. Yeah. Once I looked at it from a different lens of like knowing who they were, uh, they did really good. You got to imagine how desperate. I mean, assume, did you get the vibe they they didn't live here? Aside from, like, oh yeah, they were just visiting. Like maybe got stuck because of all this stuff. Exactly. My guess is they were here for school. Oh sure. They're probably going to Chico State or or some other university locally, and we're like, they just can't leave now. Like nothing else to do and they have to survive yeah they definitely haven't been here more than a year yeah man that's a tough i mean that's a tough uh tough job to take on too not speaking english yeah like there's so many weird american foods probably mm-hmm. especially if you get really oh, specific. Yeah. Like, i want gushers or like yeah. ritz nobody knows no it's not a thing unless you know the brand exactly and i was like in my head i'm thinking like they're being very black and white about this. Like yeah. if the item that I asked for is not there, they're not providing other options. Right. They're just like, 
No. This isn't it. And I'm thinking like the way that they're behaving, they they're probably thinking that like they're doing good and that maybe someone got mad at them for right. s- substituting something that they wouldn't want. You know what I totally. mean? Like maybe they're being very precise. And they're like, it was weird. I I thought that. I'm like, okay, I need to just reevaluate how I'm looking at all of this. So, yeah. Yeah, man. A very rare opportunity to have something with such such themes of life and people not from this country. It just it felt very uh like proverbial, you know? Like it was like a proverb. I was being taught something. I'm like, sure. Am I in a metaphor right now about how <laughs> Is to this be a the good Bible? person? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, I, uh, but I think I did okay. And well, it sounds I like think it, man. I, I think I handled it okay. And I'm bummed out that I got as mad as I did, but there was other shit going on. But I, th- I think I did okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to meet some cool people. So shout out to those people from Venezuela who bought me groceries today. Yeah, fair enough, man. Uh, well, good enough. I'm, I'm glad that it all worked out in a great way. Yeah, it was a journey though. It was a weird, weird roller coaster of emotion um well i want to talk a little bit about kind of what i've been going on mine doesn't probably isn't going to take too much time but um i mentioned last week on the show that i had a musical project coming up the following weekend that if it all went well i would talk about next week it is that week now and i will tell you uh, boy i'm guessing you've seen it at this point yeah um so my thought was i was sitting outside drinking coffee one morning about a week and a half two weeks ago and I had the idea, I was looking down at my driveway from my staircase. I was like, I think I could probably space out safely a couple musicians here and maybe make some music. Like I've gotten to the point, even as a, as a self-proclaimed introvert, I do have moments probably 50, 50, where I like being around people and I like creating music. It's something that I do for a living most of the time. And oftentimes it feels sort of jukeboxy because I play the same songs over and over, but it's been several weeks where I haven't really performed for anybody outside of a couple uh, little examples. So I contacted a few of my friends that I've played with in the past and, and tried to be as diverse as possible when it came to instrumentation. And I got a band together of eight people, myself included. Um, and on Saturday we recorded, uh, filmed both, we did the video and audio, um, of three songs and I have been releasing them over the past couple of days. I've got one coming out. If you're hearing this on the day that it's released, which is um, Wednesday, all three will be out. The first one was a George Ezra song called shotgun. The second was a tune of mine called young and green. And the one coming out, uh, since it's Tuesday for you and me right now, man, uh, is, uh, lean on me by Bill Withers who recently nice. passed away. And it just felt like a nice song that really encapsulates what's going on. Like kind of to tie into yours, like people are struggling with all their own stuff that you're not going to know about probably. And just to just put something out there to be like, times are tough. We all are here for each other, so, you know, be good. Be nice to yeah. people. Um, I love it. So I'm dropping that one tomorrow. It, I'm, it came out better than expected. Gianna actually filmed it uh, nice. for us on uh, my phone with uh, a really cool app that I just got called Filmic Pro and my wide-angle lens that I bought uh, that I talked about last week. And it, it looks, I think, pretty good, especially for an iPhone. Um. So if you haven't uh, seen that stuff yet, I know a lot of people that listen to the show or at least some uh, are friends with me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, go check it out. I think it's I think it was a worthwhile project and it's tight knowing people that are as talented as the people uh, I worked with are. That's awesome. I love it. I've been really enjoying listening to it. Thanks, uh, man. I personally like Young and Green quite a bit. It's Thank one you. of my favorites of your originals. 
I've uh, actually heard that a lot from people. I didn't know that, like, specifically, like, that's one of my favorites of your originals. Like, oh, that's cool to know. Like, yeah. People, people seem to, to respond positively to that, which makes me happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with your, your catalog and that one. And uh, honestly, I think Doing Wrong is maybe oh, shit. my favorite song that you've ever written. Deep Cut. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Remind me to show you the video I filmed for that. I've, nobody's ever okay. seen it except maybe like Gianna and I don't know, a couple others. I think I posted it maybe once, but that's a, I'm into that's it. A, I got so artsy on that video. It's very abstract <laughs> and weird. It's like nothing ever online about me. I'll show you. It'll, we'll get drunk and we'll, I'll just screen it. I'll have a big thing. Me and I'm into it because I I really like that song. That's Thanks, probably man. It's hands down my favorite song you've ever heard. Wow. Written. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's just it's got such a deep groove, and I love the the whole vibe of the song and the lyrical content is just biting. Like if you've never listened to it, you should hit him. You should you should check it out. I, yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah, and also you use like distorted vocals on it, which I think are just fucking yeah, coolish. Dude. So cool. Not with, that uh, not that anybody cares, but we did that in the actual production. That's not like a that's not like a post production effect. Like we cranked up. Uh, the compressor we were using like overdrove it and like just made it gross. And, and me and uh, Dave Elke is the guy that made that album with me. We were just like, hey, this is going to be permanent. Should we just do it? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. It was, you know, it's 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. We've all had too much coffee. Let's just crank it out, see what happens. I, I love it. It adds so much grit yeah. and just gristle to yeah, that, that song. that was the idea. Thanks, man. Yeah, it comes across just like sandpapery <laughs> and like uh, it adds to yeah. the visceral nature of the material, which yeah. I, I, it just yeah. it fits. Thanks, dude. So, yeah, I'm done stroking you now. That was great. I'm low. I'm very relaxed now. This feels good. Um, <laughs> okay, good. So very, very lastly then, I started a new uh, show on Netflix that came out pretty recently. I think uh, within the past couple of weeks, it's called Hollywood. Um, and in a second here, I'll play a soundbite probably to take us into the danger zone. But, um, before we get to that soundbite, it's basically, it's a seven uh, episode show. I think they're about 45 minutes each. So TV hours. Um, and it's about this group of people that are living in Los Angeles in just, just after the end of world war II, trying to make it in the movie world. Okay. Uh, people trying to be actors mostly. Um, I've only gotten through one episode, so I don't know. There's a bunch of the cast here that are listed. Um, you have, nobody's going to know these people. Most of these people are, um, I think small time actors, except for, uh, Dylan McDermott, who is in American horror story, Samara weaving, who we've covered in the last year in a couple movies, um, and others, but it was created by Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan, who are sort of prolific TV writers. Um, Ian Brennan worked on glee. So that kind of level of, um, notoriety. Oh, nice. But basically, it's this group of aspiring actors that are sort of peeling back the curtain of like how seedy the underbelly of like making it in LA in the golden age is, like who you have to sleep with. And like it's kind of gross, but it's also kind of fun. And in the first episode, at least, like the acting's fine. Some of it's a bit contrived and weird, but it does seem like the people directing the episode had had vision. And like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Even though I don't necessarily think um, the level of sort of ickiness is going to be justified, but maybe mm. it is. And at the very least, maybe it's going to be fun. If it's a burning car wreck, I'm still going to watch it, kind of thing. All right. Yeah, I've seen it uh, in just browsing on Netflix, and it does look interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty um, compelling trailer. I watched. I was like skeptical, and then as it kept going, I was like. Okay, sure. I'll, I actually watched the first episode today before I watched um, A Secret Love. So nice. it had that kind of grabbiness. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. 
Nice. So if you get check it out, yeah, yeah, watch Hollywood on Netflix. Uh, Let Johnny and I know what you think. Johnny, if you watch it, let me know what you think. I will. Uh, On that note, I'm going to play you a clip because it ties back into what you were saying about sort of movies and and what they can mean. Uh, So I'm going to drop in that clip. And then I think maybe we go to the danger zone after that. What do you think? Deal. All right. Here's that clip. Now it's, uh, it's about a minute long spoken by uh, the, at least in the first episode, the main character, uh, I think his name is Jack, but if I'm wrong, correct me. I just want to do something big, you know? Prove to them that I can be somebody in this world. Do something that matters. So movies, you think they matter? You kidding? I know they do. When you're walking through your life, it's easy to feel like you're going through the motions, right? Like it doesn't really mean anything. But when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm in Missouri, so we had to drive a half hour to get to the picture show. And when I looked up at that enormous screen, I suddenly knew what life was supposed to feel like, what being alive was supposed to mean. It was like there was something somewhere out there waiting for me. That's what being alive is supposed to mean. I held my first hand at the movie theater. I I had my first kiss at a movie theater. I, I don't know. What I do know is this. Every time I leave the picture show, I feel better than I did walking in. I never thought about it like that. Danger zone. All right, welcome to the danger zone. We are here. We're going to talk spoilers for A Secret Love. Yeah, as spoilery as this documentary can be. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I feel like so. This is one of those times. If you really haven't seen this documentary, I don't think you should keep listening because on the yeah. off chance you do see this documentary. I don't know. I mean, all right. Spoilers from now on. Just again, when they die, when she dies at the end. Yeah. I like you see it coming kind of. They're old for one. She's, she's dealing with Parkinson's. She clearly Mm -hmm. deteriorates, but it's just so damn sad. I know. Cause we followed them forever. I know. Like just from like the late twenties until like two years ago. Yeah, man. It's, I, that's the thing about like, dying like we all know it's coming both in life and in this documentary and it's still like a gut punch when it happens and it's just it makes you scared for death you know the older you yeah. get it's like we're, this is coming we all know it's coming i actually think that humans uh need all this time just to prepare for the fact that it's gonna end right like if you told an 80 year old for the first time that they're gonna die i don't think it wouldn't go good or whatever no <laughs> no kidding <laughs> like it would just go so bad yeah, that's an interesting point. Like our that's brains very need, true. need to understand that this is all, we're all dead. We're basically dead now. It, it's in a blink of an eye, we're all dead. You're, yeah. All of our parents are dead. Our kids are going to die shortly after. Mm-hmm. We're dead. We're dead. Yeah. So it's a great documentary yeah. for that reason. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go to bed now. I need to curl up in a ball and, and be sad. Is it sad that that's my, like, is it, or is it like, what? It's fine. No, Who knows? No, but that's, that's the reaction that we're trained to have is, is, is sadness. But I mean, it is natural. It's uh, organic and GMO free. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. Depending on what you do in your life, maybe it's not. That's, that's fair. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm full of some GMOs. I got so many GMOs in me right now, especially yeah. after this, G- uh, this GMO yeast that uh, Bob was telling us about from Henhouse. Yeah, Exactly. I thought it might be a typo. Like I was like, did you mean non-GMO yeast? Like I'm not trying to drink GMO yeast right now, man. 
Yeah. You're like bragging about yeah. having GMOs. <laughs> Are we not going to talk about this? Although, if you want to learn a little bit about GMOs, you should listen to Stuff You Should Know, uh, which is also available for podcast places. Uh, they do a great one on GMO and how it's basically like a false scare and kind of racially insensitive and like born out of a scare against Chinese people. GMO stuff's fine. Leave it alone. Makes your food taste hmm. better. Interesting. So good move on this beer then, Bob. All right. They're just doing it for the world, man. I've noticed something uh, that's just happened that I is a trend, which is when I basically have nothing else to say, I start saying nothing at all with a lot of words. <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to talk about about this documentary? You know, I mean, it was it was no surprise, like you said, that, that yeah. there was some, some death at the end. Um, it was a beautiful look at life and a graceful look at death. I think it was... Mm. A really masterfully put together documentary. Um, yeah, I loved the story. I loved the personal connections. I loved the stories about. Yeah, I mean, what luck to be a lesbian in the '30s. Yeah, and get to play baseball for a living because we needed entertainment during World War II. Yeah, like, um, I mean, just people making the most of bad situations. Uh, and the eternal optimism of these two women and, uh, you know, fighting against the odds and, and just being true to themselves, even if it meant alienating themselves and not being honest and open, um, but doing what makes them happy in the end, I think, is something that's very inspirational. And I, I, I found it profoundly moving. I absolutely yeah, dude. just ate it up. So that actually reminds me of a scene. Do you remember when they are... Um, I can't, I was just looking for it. I can't find her name, but the, the gal that we think is, um, Terry's Diane, niece, is it Diane? Yeah. Okay. Diane comes over and is like, she, her point of going over is to kind of convince them, convince Pat mostly to like leave her, a lot of her belongings and belongings and kind of move into a retirement facility and it's all hunky dory. And then we cut to a scene at the breakfast table and there's kind of a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the way that it resolves is so heartwarming because they're arguing like Diane's arguing with Pat about her aunt Terry. Like I just, she's on, she's not healthy. And I want to, I want to, I want her to be healthy and survive. And I want you to survive. And I love you. But I see that you treat her like, I think she has like a nugget of gold, or like a piece yeah. of gold. And I just love it. And then Pat comes over and is like, Oh, I don't know why you think that I'm just calm down. you this is nonsense or something. She says something so funny. And then they're, yeah. they're just all kind of resolved. Um, which I thought was just such a lovely scene. And, and it speaks so much to sort of the role of family, um, which is sort of an interesting line that they tow, because like you said, there is sort of the whole side of their life where they basically had to shut out their family and be like, look, number one, you don't understand who we are. We're not going to tell you. But then even when we do, we know that some of you are going to sort of, you know, abandon us more or less. Yeah. Um, and then the arc of the film that it comes back to family, I just think says a lot too. Cause I, one of the, the challenges of getting older and hoping to get wiser is that you you will eventually learn, hopefully before it's too late, the stuff that matters. And mm -hmm. I think starting at like adolescence where you're like, I'm going to get out of here. Like I want my space from family to like 80 where you're like, God, I wish my family was still alive. If yeah. you could learn that lesson earlier. Mm -hmm. Seriously. I, yeah. But I even saying that I it's still like you still want space from people. You're like, no, I like I'm doing my thing. Like I'm pursuing my career or whatever stupid shit people do. And then yeah. again, everybody's dead and you yeah. have, you have a cool house, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think part of the reason that this documentary hit me so hard, uh, 
was a little bit of personal experience with dealing with people in my family that I don't uh, align with uh, religiously, philosophically, ideologically. Yeah, sure. Ideologically, yeah, and the the butting of heads that takes place. You know, we spoke a bit about it off air yeah, with yeah. some of the things I have going on, and it's like. It's, it's, you know, I didn't put the two pieces together until right now, but Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. it's easier just to lie sometimes and like not be really fully who you are. So your family still loves you and there's no fighting and we can all just be a family because their love means more than having the fights. Uh, That's certainly a compelling stance. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I still want to have a family. Yep. Humans are weird, man. Very complicated stuff. Yeah, it sucks. I wish they would all just be chill, man. Let's just <laughs> chill out, dude. Smoke some of that ganja, the devil's lettuce. Jeez, jeez, just man. Let's just, let's just take some mushrooms and lay uh, in the grass and just be humans, man. Yeah. God, it's Yeah, it sucks. But, I mean, I've, I've you know, that it's maybe why this hit so hard. Like, I've been in the position to yeah. not be, you know, it mentally been in the closet. Let's put it that way. Like just with my opinions and and thinking differently and 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 whatnot and just not it's something I've been dealing with my whole life and it's not something that's uh going away. So let's like you said, let's cut out that middle part where things are just shitty. Yeah. And let's just let's just get to the end where we can all just appreciate each other. And if that means not being my full, honest, true self with a certain group of people, but it makes my family run a lot smoother. I think that's worth it. Yeah, man. I like it's, it's, I don't think, all right, let's see. How do I phrase this? Um, I am a type of person that I'm very much appreciate regardless of how it's going to make me feel. Cause I believe that I can process it. I appreciate when somebody will tell me the truth regardless. I think that I'm mm. open-minded enough and forgiving enough that I will get past whatever that truth makes me feel and move forward with that person. That said, not everybody's like that. And you have yeah. to know the people you're talking to. And if you telling the hundred percent truth is going to make them hurt or give them a hard time or whatever it is, that's going to affect the long run. There's an argument to be made that it's better not to. Yeah. And that's something I've struggled with yeah. for a long time. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, it is, man. But I mean, yeah, I, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you. I mean, we've had some pretty, uh, intense conversations sure, and i sure. think uh, yeah, getting to the conclusion of those and being open-minded and listening and and computing what the other person's saying mm-hmm. and evaluating opinions that aren't our own and uh, accepting outside input and being open-minded has led us to be closer friends and probably better people people overall yeah just be- because we get that outside input and we get the empathy and we get to think about things from another perspective and and we learn and we grow and we adapt and we overcome. Totally, man. Yeah. I think, I think ideally, at least for myself, like I want to, I want to surround myself with people, um, I guess friends, but also family. Like you tend to gravitate towards people in your extended family that, um, for whatever, like whatever things you, uh, find important, those people embody. So I think that like you want to surround yourself with friends or I do, um, that can contribute to growth in a very positive way. Like it's easy to be around people that complain is kind of a basic example, but like it's, it's so maybe it's human nature or maybe it's just my own nature. But when, when you're around negativity, it kind of breeds, I think. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's infectious, man. It's uh, it really is. Yeah, so like I appreciate that when we've had our disagreements over the podcast or whatever, like you are very direct, and I've I've been guilty of in the past like not being direct enough for fear of hurting feelings. But I think there is a nice middle ground where you are being direct, and it's clear you're not being um, mean or aggressive or trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to speak one's mind is the point. And there's like a nice little middle ground where you're being effective in every sense. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's it's pivotal to growth as a human. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the good ones are, are ones that are striving to always reach that point. I don't think we can ever get there fully, but it's like yeah. one of those things like you just keep trying to just reaching for it, man. It's a goal. It's out there. Just do your best and work towards it. Yeah. Fair, man. Um, yeah. Good, good movie though. I suppose with all this conversation spawning from it. Yeah, it was, it made me, you know, it's movies like this are a real treat because, uh, I get to absorb it and I get to just evaluate it on my own. And then it's amazing sometimes how much I learn about something when I talk about it with you, Mm. uh, just just diving into something and you realize the feelings that it makes you like this in particular like sure. some of the things and the correlations like oh why did this movie hit me so hard mm-hmm. and like i didn't realize it until we actually just dug into the guts of it and like ah it's such a treat uh to get to absorb content like this and then also just to to really get into it and you know figure out why we feel things and yeah oh man entertainment's so layered and God, just humans are so layered and it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm going to shut up. No, it it, it comes, (laughs) it comes back to, to the clip I just played that you definitely heard, which was about this guy talking about how, uh, fine. You didn't hear it, Johnny. I'm going to explain it to you now because we're recording remotely, but the clip was basically this guy from, from Hollywood, the show. Um, he's telling this woman that, um, he wanted to do something with his life because his family always was like, Oh, you're just good looking. You're, you're lucky. You have such good looks because you have no other qualities. And she said, okay, so what are you going to do that's meaningful? He says, well, I want to be in the movies. And she says, you think that's meaningful as a question? She says, you think that's meaningful? And he's like, yeah, like when I go into a, like I've always come out of the movies feeling better than when I went in. I had my first kiss in the movie theater. Like there, it shows me what life can be at its best. Mm. I thought that was a really great clip when I was watching it today. And I, I wish that this was a situation where we could have both heard it together because it really ties in well to everything we've been talking about today. Yeah, it does, man. But I guess you'll have it's to start so Hollywood. True. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why we both love movies, and that's yeah. what got us into this in the first place. And, yeah, it's it's a weird ride, like, being so deeply involved in cinema because it'll, anytime you're this involved in any art uh, medium, it will elicit a vast array of emotions. And uh, it's always interesting how you process them and what you get out of them. And it's it's subjective. It's so different for everyone. Yeah, and, right. Uh, I hope that that's why people keep listening to this is that we uh, get things out of what we watch and people think it's interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's a weird... It's a weird thing, but uh, if no one listened to this, I would still do it with you. Yeah, likewise, man. I think it's a good. I think that's a really good way to end. Also, I was looking for that sweet way out. That feels right. Um, so, final uh, notes. As always, the show wouldn't be possible, or at least what it is, without Bailey Minardi. Um, or are we still doing Lisa Minardi as well? My mother. <laughs> we Absolutely. All right, great. You just at Bailey and Lisa. Sure, my mother and sister. Thanks for making the show what it is. Thanks for making me what I am. Um, 
what else do you want to, we don't really know what we're doing next week. This has been a fun little flying by the seat of our pants kind of few weeks, but um, it's a mystery for all of us. If anybody has suggestions, now would be a great time because uh, like we said with a secret love, we might've missed this. I'm sure there's other good stuff that we're just missing. So if you know of something, a movie that we should watch and cover on the show, or you're really plugged into the beer scene and you know a cool beer that's coming to the Northern California area, let us know. Like I'd love to learn more stuff and I want to stay informed. So that's where I'm at. That's it, man. That's what it's all about. Let's keep moving forward. You guys be good to each other out there. This quarantine won't last forever. Have some hope. And we love you guys. We'll see you next week. I'm Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi. Bye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.